You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike with the Fin Fans Podcast. Uh, tonight I've got Louis Hergon. Hello. And Jim Johnson. Hello all. And what we're going to do is go through the roster and uh, discuss amongst ourselves who we think will still be here in 2021 and be a factor. We're going to start off with the offensive line. As I look at the offensive line, I, I, you know, you, you've got uh, players such as Jesse Davis, whose contract expires in, in 2020. So for him to be here in, in 2021, does anybody think that he's going to be re-signed? You know, I had high hopes for Jesse Davis um, and I feel I still feel that he has some potential, and he's good at you know a backup role. I wouldn't want him to be my starter, but if I had the opportunity and and the price was decent, which I feel it will be, I would re-sign Jesse Davis. I am I'm on the other end on him, uh, Jim. I've seen enough of him over the last <laughs> over the last couple of seasons to where I want him in and out of here. The guard play on this team has probably been at, at positions on this team, maybe the worst in regard to uh, productivity. So at that guard position, we have to upgrade it, and even backup wise, we have to upgrade. I don't, I don't really see him here in a couple of years. You know, maybe with this new coaching staff, they bring something to the table that he hasn't had up to this point, but. You know, again, right now, I think that's the position that we are at our worst. Okay. Uh, you know, there's a couple of guys on the roster. Uh, Shaq Calhoun is one guy. Uh, his actual name is Dion. They, they nicknamed him Shaq because he's really good, supposedly. Uh, now, he in college, he allowed three sacks on 1,200 pass attempts for Mississippi State, to give you an idea. He's a pretty big guy. He's a pretty strong guy. His problem is he's not really very athletic for his size. You know, he's big. Uh, so he's somebody that, that they believe has some potential. He's a rookie now. He's 23 years old. Uh, another guy, Chris Reed, uh, he could potentially be our starting right guard. His contract expires in 2021. Shaq is signed through 2022. And uh, those are two guys who I think could possibly factor in at the guard position. We'll have to see. Uh, there's a, a couple of other guys. Uh, uh, Tony Adams, uh, uh, he was with Jacksonville, and, and he failed his physicals. They didn't re-sign him, but this guy he played really, really well in college. He's... Uh, uh, pro football focus grade was 86.9 at NC State. So he's got some talent. We'll just have to see what they can do with him. But I, I do think Calhoun and Reed have at least a chance to still be here in 2021. Right. And, um, you know, the obvious ones, you know, we want here, obviously, is um, Tunsil. You know, he's a guy that we want. Yeah, I was at, just going to tackle right now. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, Dieter, obviously, and we invested a draft pick in him. You know, you would hope that he is a guy that's here and starting and playing at a very high level for us. Um, past those guys, you know, maybe Prince, the kid out of Ohio State. Again, he's another tackle, Mike. I'm sorry. I thought we were addressing the whole offensive line. We are. We are. Okay. And, um, you know, Prince is another guy that, uh, you know, he's a big body Maybe they can mold him into something. So, yeah, there, there's a few guys a couple of years down the line that we hope develop 
into uh, you know players. But in regard to the guys that we've seen fl- uh, play, I mean, Mike, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, in regard to the guards that are on the roster right now, I mean, do you see anybody two well, years I, from I now still feeling, being? I have a feeling that Davis is going to be moved to tackle at least initially, unless Prince takes that job. And for a rookie to do that, that would be you know a, a pretty extraordinary. Right. Uh, so I'm thinking Davis moves to tackle. I'm assuming they move one of these guys into one of the uh, right, you know, the right guard position. Maybe Chris Reed, and then on the left side you probably have the rookie they drafted starting. Right. But it, you know, again, two years down the line, do you foresee these guys on the roster? You know, that's the way I'm looking at it. I I just think they need to improve. You know, above and beyond what they have, even as even with backups, because what we've seen over the last few years are guys stepping in and just really not doing the job well, over and is, over this again. This is Reed's fourth year, so no, I don't see him as a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. But I do think he could possibly be here in 2021. You know, they can't fix everything overnight. Is kind of my uh, thought process, and there is a possibility. You know, he could stick that long, even if not in a starting role. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Let's go to uh, quarterback. What, what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, they're all signed except for Ruddick through uh, 21, so that's not an issue. To me, you've got Fitzpatrick and you've got Rosen. We basically have not a lot invested in either one of them. Fitzpatrick was a stopgap type of guy we brought in. He's he's not going to be in the big picture you know, next year, most likely. Uh, Rosen, Rosen is a, an unknown. He was a first rounder two years ago and, and we basically got him for a ham sandwich in the second round this year. I'd love to see him be the new face of the franchise and take us to the, to the promised land and all that. But I'm a bit skeptical watching, you know, some of his game film from last year, not overly impressed with his, some of his instincts and and his flashes. So you know, if I'm looking at my crystal ball, I'm gonna say no. He's he's not gonna be here in two years. So you're saying Rosen may not be here in two years, or you're, that's what your thoughts are, Jim? Yeah, that's what my thoughts are. I don't I don't think Fitzpatrick or Rosen, and uh, for that matter, Rudock are the answer. Well, yeah, Fitzpatrick, he's under contract this year and next year, so right. I can't say it. Once next season's over, he's going to be what thirty eight? Is he thirty six right now? He is thirty six. Yes. Yeah. So he'll be thirty eight. I I can't see him being here. Now Rosen, his contract will be up that year. Mike, is that accurate? It will be up going into twenty twenty two. Into twenty twenty two. Okay. So we, you know, only because he comes at the right price, I say he'll probably be here one way or another. Maybe as a backup, um, you know, I mean, I agree with Jim on all his points in regard to Rosen and, and what I have seen of him at this point. But, you know, let's see what happens this year. And, you know, I'm hoping for the best with him. Uh, he comes at the right price. And, you know, the thing is, if he does begin to play and we do have to offer, you know, obviously he's going to want more money at some point. If he becomes a starter over the next season and he plays at a very high level, then obviously they're going to have to renegotiate his contract. Probably so. So, you know, you know what quarterback contracts go out. So let's just hope that he develops 
and he gets to a point where we feel that he is the guy and we don't throw money at him like we did with Tannehill because we know how that how that story ended for us. So we'll see. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, this is a big, big year. And yeah. that I'm really I'm really torn with Rosen. And I know, Jim, I know you are the same, you know, you feel the same way. We're both on the same page in regard to him. Well, I'm not torn. I, I think Caldwell's going to help him. Now, the question is to what degree. But one way or another, I think he's going to be here. Okay. Let's look at running backs. Uh, we've got Kenyon Drake, whose contract expires going into 2020. We've got uh, Mark Walton, whose contract expires going into 2020. Everybody else will, will be signed except for Kevin Faro. His, his contract expires going into 21. Uh, who do you think will still be here, Lou? Well... Balage should be here as well as Gaskin. I think we're, that's unanimous. I think we all agree. I think, yeah, I think, we, I mean, we haven't seen anything from Gaskin. So we're, we're hoping that he is what, you know, he's gotten good grades, you know, in regard to the type of player that he is. He's not going to be an important part of the situation right now. Balage, from what we saw, what we saw of him last year, he was very productive, and you know, in the short amount of time he was playing, actually won the starting job from Drake late in the year. Now that may have had something to do with Gase not liking what Drake was doing in practice. Whatever the case may be, he was still our starter once. Um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, this Gore. Gore got hurt last year. My God, I hate when that happens. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind. So anyway. He became the starter. I think that he's going to be a very productive player for us. And now we go on to Drake. Now, Drake, I, in my opinion, I think he's going to have a phenomenal season. And I think that he's a guy that we have to keep around. Uh, you know, in a couple of years from now, he's, he's still going to be in his prime. And I think that he's a guy that we have to sign coming back, especially if he has the type of year I think he's going to have. That article that you had on the site, the other day was just phenomenal in regard to a guy that he was the most underused player for the amount of productivity that he brought to the table among any other running back in the league. So that that says basically what needs to be said in regard to him. Well, Jim, what do you have to say about Drake? I disagree with some of your comments there, Lou. Sure. Watching, watching Kenyon Drake play, I just didn't see the kind of football I wanted to see. He was hesitant. He was left and right. Uh, he wasn't making impact plays and often was caught behind the, the line of scrimmage for a loss. He's been underutilized maybe last year, and that was probably because our offense was handcuffed by our coach and our quarterback. The loss of, of your two top playmakers, Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson, really put the brakes on what we could do as an offense. I'd agree with that. And that did limit Kenyon's touches per se. When you had Frank Gore that was making positive plays, uh, albeit they weren't always, you know, home runs. You know, I look at what the Patriots have done with their running back uh, position over the last few years. They don't stick with any one particular back and they, they'll move guys around. They'll sub guys in and out and, you know, if somebody wants too much money or they, they get in the doghouse, out the door they go. So, you know, to me, if Kenyon Drake steps up to the plate and plays like he did in the 2017 season, 
Uh, I think he's he will get another contract, and he'll be here in 2021. But if he plays like he did last year, uh, his opportunities just didn't materialize. So I don't feel he has to be here. We've got other guys that can, can fill those Let spots. Let me ask you this, Jim. Uh, they, they went ahead and drafted Chandler Cox, fullback. Um, and if they follow... New England's template, they're going to use him about 30% of the time. Right, Do you right. think that makes Drake a more effective runner? Potentially. And I say potentially because Drake has never followed a fullback before. Uh, you know, I, I really struggle with Drake because in 2017, I simply loved him. He was he was making plays. He was decisive. The way he finished the season was exciting. Yeah, I mean, he just he just balled out, and he it was as if he knew what he was doing. And in all last year, it seemed like every time he got the ball, he was like, "Which way do I go? Am I going here? Am I going there?" I, I don't. I, I just didn't see it, and I it was frustrating to watch for me. So, you know, whether this new regime can turn him back into the 2017 version uh, remains to be seen. But I, I don't. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him. It's interesting. It really is. I, we could debate Kenyon Drake all day. I don't know that I think he's going to be here uh, because I think he's replaceable. But one thing he gives you that not everybody gives you, and that's the explosive play if you can get him into the open. And You're right. And the hands. The home yes. run. The home yes. run play. He, he's a guy that if you line him up in the slot or even wide, I mean, how many times did we see him last year lined up wide and the ball being thrown down the field to him. We had pass interference calls. We didn't have a great quarterback running the team. That's obvious last year. And we had one of the worst offensive lines in football. And, you know, what the article said, you know, I, I truly enjoyed it because they felt that he was just trying to do entirely too much when he was put on the field because he wasn't on the field, I think, 40% of the time. I think that's what the number was. I don't remember, Mike. Do you re do you recall? I don't. I, I do know he was second on the team in reception. So they were using him through the air. The problem is the offense did not run enough plays. That's really what the problem was. I mean, Gore was your number one back. He yes. was getting the majority of the carries. Now, and you can debate whether it should have been Drake or it should have been Gore, but it was Gore. And that limited his touches, and uh, the fact the offense didn't have the ball a lot limited his touches. Well, did, I just I, have I have a feeling that this is going to be an extremely good year for him. You're going to see a lot of productivity, a lot of productivity out of him, and they're going to use him in a way that's going to be beneficial to him and the team. I think he might be right. We'll, we'll have to see how it goes. Now, uh, Miles Gaskins guy they drafted there. I know they're excited about him. Uh, Kenneth Farrell came from the AAF League. Patrick Laird uh, is a guy who's not very athletic and lacks speed. I, I really don't know how they're going to use him. We're going to have to see how that goes. Uh, Mark Walton uh, has a lot of potential, but he had a really bad ankle injury. It's going to really depend on if that's recovered and if he's regained his, his stamina in that leg. Um, he's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield as well, and and Chandler Cox, the fullback. So that that pretty much covers the running back position. Have you guys uh, learned anything about Walton or, or Cox or uh, uh, Gaskin since the draft? I like to see guys on the field before I make yep. any comments in regard to them. You know, guys like Balaj Drake, we've seen him over yep. a couple seasons. 
Honestly, I I want to see these guys on the football field and see what they bring to the table. I do too. And you I know, do too. Chandler Cox at fullback, they brought him in for that specific position. I'm sure they brought him in for good reason. So we're assuming that the coaching staff knows what the hell they're doing. So he's going to be here for a reason. He's a guy that I definitely see on the team a couple of years from now. And uh, but in regard to those other guys, I really have no comment on them. I mean, Jim, Jim, maybe no, you know, have seen maybe he had seen him in college or something, but I don't know anything about him. You know, the fullback isn't a very exciting position anymore. But I've got to say that I'm kind of excited to see him on the field. It's been a long time since we've utilized a, a fullback very much. So yes. I'm kind of excited to see if how he's they... a talented player. I'm excited. Yeah, yes. well, exactly. And we that remains to be seen. And obvious, right. obviously, we've got to see these guys, especially these rookies who coming out of college, you just don't know who's going to make the leap to the NFL and who's going to fall on their face. So, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. But I, I like the, the idea and what he brings to the table is is pretty good stuff. I've watched some film on him. And Walton, like you mentioned, if his leg and ankle heals properly and he gets confidence and strength back in that leg, then, yeah, I think he can be an impact player. But that's a pretty big if. That was a pretty bad ankle injury. Exactly. Uh, you know, obviously they feel good enough about him to bring him in, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, at, at tight end, this is a position, you know, that I just kind of beat my head against the wall over. I mean, they, it seems like they've been signing everybody and anybody in. Uh they really don't have much to show for it. I mean, if you ask me who's going to be there in, in 2021, I got a real hard time answering it is really what I'm trying to say. I, I think Gazeki is probably the only guy that I, that I would say has a good chance, uh, if not a great chance. Um, O'Leary's contract expires in 2020. Um, Clive Walford, his contract expires in 2020. And Dwayne Allen and uh, Chris uh, Myrick, they expire in 2021. So do you guys have an idea? You think O'Leary's going to stay? You think Smythe is going to stay? Well, Smythe, Mike, what what's the deal with him in regard to – because you didn't mention him as you were going down the list. Yeah, I wasn't that impressed by him. That's why. Uh, his, his contract expires in 2022, so okay. he is signed through that time, you know, and he's young, so maybe they want to develop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was just drafted, Lou, so yes. it was two years ago. So we didn't see a lot of him. But, you know, none of the tight end positions looked very good last year, so it's kind of a tough to gauge it. I really don't see any clear-cut standout. I did like some of the O'Leary film that I've seen. The Gazeki is, is the one that we've got to hope really somehow finds his feet and gets stronger on the field. You know, he's a guy that we've got quite a lot of draft capital in and just didn't show much on the field. I've got to hope that he's gotten stronger this offseason and, and continues to get stronger before the season comes because he's got to learn to, to be able to handle a block and take a hit off the line and not lose his feet. If he can do that, yeah, he's going to make plays out there. But if you lose your feet, you're all done. Well, I think they're going to use him in motion more. I think they're going to spread him out more. I, I think they're going to be more creative with him than Gase was because the offensive line will allow them to be. And uh, I actually do think he's going to have a better season. Just don't tell Matt Hawk I said that. Oh, right. man. And, calling, and out, 
calling out Matt Hawk. I can't believe it. Uh, no, I, I believe his season will be better than last. I believe he'll be utilized correctly, and I think he will, you know, bulk up and be stronger. You know, he's really the only one that has the high ceiling that you really want to see a guy reach. And if he gets close to that ceiling, then he can be a huge impact player for us. Right, and, and, and him and Smith were both rookies last year, correct? Yes. So, you know, you got to hope that maybe Smith comes along the same way because he was brought in more as a pass blocking tight end than he was a receiving tight end. So right. if, in fact, these guys both develop into what they were brought in here to be, then there's a possibility both of them are still here. But this, like you said, Mike, this, this is a big question, Mark. This is a really tough one. You You got to hope that – like Jim said, with what we have invested in them in regard to their, you know, their where they were drafted, that you want them to be here. If not, then we've got to address it over the next two seasons. And you know, you would love to not have to address certain positions. And with two rookies coming into their second year, you would hope that these guys are still going to be here. So yeah. Yeah, it is a big question mark, no question. All right, here's where people are going to think that I'm crazy, but I'm going to go over the receiver position real quick. Um, okay. Oh, we've boy. got we've got Bryce Butler, who is not signed through 21. His, his contract expires in 20. Isaiah Ford's expires in 20. Uh, Reese, I'm sorry, Jakeem Grant's uh, expires in 20. Uh, in 21, Devontae Parker's expires. Kenny Stills expires, and Albert Wilson's expires. I don't think they can sign all those receivers back, and I, I'm not sure that they'd want to. The way I see it, uh, Jakeem Grant comes back, Preston Williams makes the team and sticks around, and Albert Wilson comes back. I think Kenny Stills will be gone, and I think Devontae Parker will be gone. And as far as the other guys on the roster, I'm not impressed. Bryce Butler is you know, a seven-year veteran now. I don't think he's going to be there in two years. Isaiah Ford I haven't seen a thing from. Reese Horn, I really don't know a whole lot about. Uh, same with Trenton Urban, so it's really hard to project how they're going to fit in. There's really nobody else to talk about. What do you guys think? Well, I agree with you on most all of your points. You know, Bryce Butler is Bryce Butler. Like you uh -huh. said, he's a seven-year vet. He's never been a great guy. Uh, Isaiah Ford has been with us for a few years and bounced around and made a few catches, but nothing to, to write home about. I would be trying if it's me and I'm the the Dolphins uh, fake GM. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna retain Jakeem Grant. Uh, he's 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 a playmaker. He's a kick returner. Gets it done. I'm gonna sign Albert Wilson and I'm gonna try to see if Preston Williams can stay out of jail and be an NFL contributor. Devontae Parker. I was done with him two years ago. I do like his contract arrangement now. It's more, it's more team friendly. Yeah, he's he's, but, make, he's, he's making four point five million this year. So I'm good with him on the roster right now. But I mean, he's had every opportunity under the sun to show what he's made of, and he hasn't done it. So I he's just, a great camp so far. Oh yeah, every <laughs> every year he has a great camp, you know, and and then he slips on the soap in the shower and he's done. But uh, you know, so, you know, I'm kind of with you. I think Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson are guys I want to retain and 
Parker can hit the road, and uh, you know the rest of them are are backups at best. I, ju I just want to preface what I said. By, I really do like Kenny Stills, but he's a seven-year veteran now. He's going to be a nine-year veteran then, and I don't think they can sign him and Grant and Wilson. So he's the odd man out. Yeah, exactly. And and I kind of forgot about Stills. Uh, you know, he's a guy that will we'll get interest from other teams. Uh, unfortunately, the thing that I remember most about Kenny Stills is his drop passes. And I, I just can't get those drops out of my mind. So, you know, to me, I'm, I'm ready to, uh, you know, like you say, you can't sign everyone. So Kenny would be the guy that, that I would let go. Yeah, you look, you look at this group that we have, and you got Stills, who is 27, and Parker is only a year younger at 26. You know, from what we've seen out of Parker up to this point, there's no reason to believe that we need to even want him here two years from now, let alone now at that point, Mike, he'll be under another contract, correct? Yes, yes. His contract will run out at that point. Now, it runs out at the end of 20. With all this being said, with a new regime, new coaches in here, and, and new quarterbacks, among this group, we really don't know who's going to excel. So it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. We can look at some guy may separate, and it could be Parker. He could separate himself from all these guys. He could, you know, and 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 surprise all of us. Now I'm not banking on that, but this this whole group is a big question mark for me. You know, Wilson and Grant, we're, we're forgetting that they're both coming off of injuries as well, and we're hoping that they come back as they were when they left us. So this, this to me, is the biggest question mark group among any of the groups that we have. I mean, most of the other positions, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's probably a good chance that these guys are going to be on the field, the people that we're talking about. But, again, any number, any number of these guys could be here or not be here. But before we move on to the next group, it, it's clear cut that we need a number one receiver. We do not have that. It's something that we have to address at some point. We have to get a guy in here that at least we can count on on third down to come up with plays. That type of guy. Now, among this group, I can't honestly say that there's somebody that you can bank on. I mean, bank do you, on? Do you, no, do you, no. You, guys you would feel hope that Williams develops into that. Right, Williams, who we haven't even seen on the field, but right. you know, Stills has shown us over and over again when he's, you know, he is our number one. Last year, he, I mean, I remember a specific play where we needed eight yards, and he caught the ball and had every opportunity to get that eight yard and fell short of it by a yard. And you're watching the game, and you're like, "What is this guy doing? It, does he even realize that he was a yard away from the first down and he just went down? He plays soft." That's another so, example of what Mike and I often call, you know, not playing football, yeah. not not playing yes. smart football. I mean, I remember that play as well, Lou, and I was screaming at the television, and, yeah. you know, literally angry with him for doing that. And I'm, I, you just can't, you can't do that. And those are plays that kill you and frustrate you. But that's what I'm saying with Kenny Stills. He's been our really realistically our best receiver, and what I remember most is the ones he screwed up. So that's a bad sign. Yeah. Jason Sanders is the kicker. I think will be back. Yeah, you he was very. Yes, I, he was. He was outstanding last year for the most part. Do you do you feel that way, Jim? 
Oh yeah, there's no reason to alter the course there. Yep. We got we got enough other fires to put out without getting yeah. another one started there. That's how I see it. All right, so let's go to the defense. Um, at cornerback. And uh, I hey, think, wait a minute, Mike. Yeah. Before you start, are we actually going to have a defense this year? Well, they're calling it that. Okay, okay. At cornerback, uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting to me. Uh, you know, they're moving guys around. They're putting, you know, Bobby McCain at safety, and they're, you know, putting Fitzpatrick at corner. And I don't know who's going to be where. I mean, really, I don't. So it's it's hard to do this. But I'm just going to go by what the Dolphins list the players as and go from there, okay? Walt Aikens, I've got a cornerback, <laughs> and they've got him signed through 2020. Great special teams player. Haven't seen much of him on the defensive side to get excited. Cornell Armstrong, uh, he's signed through 2022. Jalen Davis uh, through 2020. He's somebody I like. Xavier Howard, we don't even need to talk about him. He's going to be here. Uh, Bobby McCain, Interesting question with Bobby, but he signed through 2023. The thing is, he makes a lot of money. So, you know, will he be here? At uh, This year, his cap cost is $6.3 million. Uh, so he, he's expensive. Uh, Torrey McTire, not impressed. Nick Needham, don't know much about him. Uh, Eric Rowe, I don't know much about him. I mean, he's a, a five-year vet. He, he, I guess, what was he, with the Patriots? Yeah, he was with the Patriots, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, if they let him go, I mean, that tells me that, you know, he's probably not great. Uh, maybe he fills maybe he fills that uh, open cornerback position for us, but is he going to hold it for a couple of years? I, th I think probably not. Jamar Summers is a, a, a rookie uh, that they have. Uh, Cordra Tankersley, he didn't do much. He, he had a nice rookie season and then regressed last year. Jamel Welts is a guy I know they're high on. Uh, Montre Heritage, don't know much about him. He's, he's a rookie. Uh, Chris Lamans, again, don't know much about him. We all know about Fitzpatrick. We all know about Rashad Jones. We all know about McDonald. Uh, we all know about Maurice Smith. He's a guy I liked last uh, camp. He, he looked really good in camp. He looked really good in the preseason, and then he didn't get a whole lot of playing time. So... I don't know what to expect with this regime and Maurice Smith, but I have a hunch maybe based on what I saw last camp that he might have a chance of sticking. Uh, how do you guys see that mess? Well, you got enough guys in camp to where hopefully one of them surprises and sticks and plays opposite Howard and becomes a guy that stays opposite Howard over the next few years. Uh, J.B. Brown, you remember him, Mike? Oh, yeah. And Jim, uh, he was a 12th round draft pick, yes, I believe. He was. Yes, he and was. He became an outstanding cornerback for us. So let's hope that some of these guys that they brought in, one of them sticks and plays opposite Howard. It, to me, it's a very, very big need on this team, My, you know, opposite Howard. I mean, we got killed over and over again last year. Howard did his job for the most part. The other side was always a problem. So past Howard and, and McCain, who, who you see good things out of at times, and then you see bad things. He's somewhat inconsistent, but he is. He gets a, beat, but he's scrappy. But he's scrappy and he's aggressive, and I like and I like him. And Lord knows you can't have enough cornerbacks. So my thinking is is that Howard and McCain are here, and hopefully out of all those guys, that long list you just mentioned, maybe one or two guys step up and 
put us in a good position over the next few years leading into that season? Well, we know about McTire, right? We know right, about right. Rowe to a point. We right. know about Tankersley. Is there anything there? Well, to me, like you mentioned, McTire is eh, meh. You just, I don't see anything there. Rowe was a guy that had some success in New England, and he's a veteran, so he should be able to find his way. But I don't know if he's the he's a long-term answer. I do like Bobby McCain. He had a great year, and he earned a good contract. But last year, he was suspect at best. Well, they were putting him outside corner. Yeah, they were, they, you know. they, they didn't put him in a good position to succeed, no question. But now you've got Fitzpatrick that you're moving all over the field. You've got Howard as your number one. Tankersley, I was very hopeful for, but he, he looked terrible. He, he got beat out by everybody under the sun last yeah. year. Aikens, like you mentioned, is a good guy to have on the team. But you really don't want him as a starter in the secondary, or, or he's going to be a liability. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Davis and Cornell Armstrong, they do show signs. And those are the two guys that I hope one of them, the light switch goes on. And we have this conversation all the time. You, you've got these, what was it, like 14 DBs, I think, in camp. Uh and you don't know which one of them the light switch is going to go on with. You know, some of these guys coming out of college. It's about confidence. You know, at cornerback, you got to be confident. And whoever gets that confidence, you know, has a better chance to yeah. uh, seize that position. That's for sure. And but the other thing I want to add real quick, Jim, is, is we know they're going to play multiple defensive backs. Right. They may have six and seven on the field at one time. Yep. Uh, so we got to consider that as well. And that means that more people are going to stick. Right, right. And you do have McDonald, who is, you know, you can consider a safety or a linebacker or, a, you know, right. a, a heavy hitting cornerback, however you want to look at it. And I think that's what they're kind of going to go with, with more versatile players uh, and have your your guy at the top of the defense who has some speed and can make up some some for some of those problems that you're introducing with a slower, stronger cornerback or what have you but a lot of these guys are going to stick but I don't think it's going to be McTire and I don't think it's going to be Tankersley I think Armstrong Davis guys like Aikens uh, and of course Howard and Fitzpatrick you know McCain you know if you can find a value you know a trade partner next year you know I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from him I know they're trying him at safety now but it's right. it's only because they don't he doesn't fit what they want at cornerback so right. they got to find a spot for him And like I said he's scrappy you like your scrappy Oh yeah safety, no doubt so. I I like McCain it's just how he fits in on the team Yeah yeah, he's a better player than than anybody I saw that you know coming back from last season's team He's a step above all of them. Uh, past Howard and Fitzpatrick, you really don't see a lot. I mean, obviously, Rashad Jones and McDonald two years from now, I don't see either one of them being here. All right, so at linebacker, um, we've got our friend Kiko, whose uh, contract expires in 21. Uh, we've got Jerome Baker, whose contract expires in 22. We've got Sam uh, Equivian. We've got Jerome Elliott. We've got uh, Terrell Hanks, we've got Tyrone Holmes, we've got Mike Hall, we've got Raquan McMillan, Nate Orchid, Quentin Pauling, the draftee Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, Trey Watson, and Chase Allen. Uh, that's an awful lot of uh, 
linebackers. Now, I looked over the list, and then I, I think there's a couple that could, that could be there. I think uh, Jerome Baker could most probably be there in 2021. I think Nate Orkin has a shot, although he is a five-year veteran, so we'll see. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, the draft pick, if you know he is what they hope he is, he should be there. Uh, anybody else from that group, guys? Or, or maybe you disagree with somebody that I mentioned? You know, you didn't re- mention Raekwon McMillan very much. And, no, I didn't. And he, his, you know, he's under contract through 2020. Yep. So that's the pivotal year right there. Uh, we lost him his rookie season to injury. It took him a while to figure out what he was doing kind of out there on the field. But he's a guy that's pretty solid in the run game especially. Uh, and I think... With the new system, they I... They were like the worst run defense in the NFL. How solid could he have been? Well, that's a good, that's a good point. But I did, I did feel he was, he was pretty solid as far as, you know, the linebacker position goes. Now, I'll say this, Jim. I thought his play improved the last half of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I, I've said that before, and I do feel that way. So I'm not trying to trash him. Yep. But... You know, he's he's not the quickest guy in the world, and I just wonder if he's what they're going to be looking for in the middle of their defense. I don't know that he is. Yeah, well, the way I look at all of these linebackers is three-quarters of them are definite maybes, and yeah. I don't really see any of them other than Van Ginkle. I just don't see a very high ceiling for these guys. And, you know, some of them come out of the woodwork and, and decide they want to play, but... As far as I'm concerned, looking at what's on the roster, the ones that I I would be keeping on would be Jerome Baker, uh, Raekwon McMillan, even if it's because you don't have much of anything better at this point. But I feel he's solid, you know, at least as a rotational player, if nothing so else. So you're keeping him until you get something better is what you're saying. Basically, yeah. And we've got so many holes, you know, I'm not sure in two years' time we're going to find another another Zach Thomas. So, you know, I'm hoping that Van Ginkle is, like you mentioned, what he's, what he's propped up to be. And I, and I do like what he brings to the table. So, you know, those are the three guys. And you mentioned Poling and, and Allen. I just, they just don't do it for me. They haven't made it, you know, polling hasn't, couldn't keep his job with his last yeah, these team. these guys are backups. They're yeah, backups. exactly. So. No, I see it the same way. I, I think Baker, like Jim mentioned, I think he has the most potential out of this group. Van Ginkle, you would hope that he's going to be another guy that in specific situations helps us. Uh, McMillan, I'm on the same page with you, Mike. I, uh, you know, he seems slow to me, you know, late to the punch. He seems like a guy that can add depth at that position. And maybe he's here for that reason, but you, we have too many of those type of guys that don't make impacts over the course of the games. Now, Baker is a guy that I feel can be a real, real solid player in the NFL he seemed to play better and better as the season went on last year. And again, Mike, you would know better because you look at those type of things and how they grade out week to week. But from what I saw with the physical eye watching football games, Baker looked like a very, very solid player on a very, very bad defense last year. So past him, you know, 
it's really a tough call on the rest of these guys, including McMillan. I would hope that he gets better, but I see him the same way you do, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, and, and I could be wrong. And, I, you know, it would not make me upset if I am because, I mean, it would be great if he does take, a, take it a step further than where he's gotten so far. Now, at defensive end, they've got Tank Carradine, they've got Charles Harris, they've got Jonathan Ledbetter, and they've got Jonathan Woodard. Carradine's contract expires in 2020, as does Woodard. The only guy I could possibly see here in 2021 is Charles Harris if he has success at 3-4 at, uh, linebacker because 4-3 edge, he's not getting it done. Yeah, this is beyond the offensive line. This is the biggest need on the team, in my opinion. The defensive end position, when Harris is your best player at that position, that's a problem. Uh, you know, it's something that we're going to have to go out and get some players, get some young players in early rounds over the next two years at some point, because there's no depth there. Uh, there's We just don't have really much to work with. You know, when you compare it to other positions on this team, there are guys that you say, you know what, these guys are going to be capable. They're solid players. They're going to be very good players for us. At this defensive end position, boy, I'll tell you, like I said, past that offensive line, and we have a few guys there at least potentially like Dieter and maybe Prince that can develop. But at the defensive end position, past Harris, I, I just don't see an awful lot here. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a bad position. Not a lot there to get excited about. Really not. Really not. I got to tell you that they missed the DE position in the draft completely and yep. fr and free agency realistically exactly whether they have some sort of alternate plan i don't well, know they do they do clearly yeah well i have to hope so it's out of necessity yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you know and and charles harris you guys have already touched on it um the thing with him is in his snaps last year there's like no highlight reels he didn't make any plays realistically. And you'd think even if he was... He played 30-something percent of the time. They weren't sticking him out there and giving him the opportunity to make plays. Now, maybe that's because he didn't earn it in practice, and I'm assuming that's the case. But that's why we didn't see a lot from him. He wasn't out there. Yeah, but 30% of the plays, he should have made some plays, and he rarely... He made one. Yeah, well, <laughs> th this is what yeah, I'm saying. If, I don't remember that one, Mike. You want to refresh my memory? No, I don't. If I'm a guy that wants to make it in the NFL, I'm going to make something happen one way or the other. You dig deep, you make something happen. And I, I just didn't see those flashes that I want to see in a game situation. You know, so... When Jonathan Woodard is the next closest guy, you're in bad shape. Uh, when you're when you're you know newly drafted, Van Ginkle is considered one of your best rushing you know guys now. That's not good for the DE or outside linebacker position. All right, but here's what I think's going to happen. Okay, I think they're going to be playing more of a three-four or a varying hybrid defense. And I don't think they're going to rely on those four people to get their pass rush. I really don't. Uh, at defensive tackle, they've got Gotchow, they've got Mabu, they've got uh, Kendrick Norton, they've got uh, Jimmy Pittman, they've got uh, Darrell 
I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. His last name's Nito. <laughs> uh, we've got Akeem Spence. We've got Vincent Taylor. We've got Corey Thomas. We've got Adolphus Washington. And we've got, of course, Christian Wilkins. Uh, I think out of those guys, there are guys you can move to end and get a little bit of pressure. Obviously, Wilkins is probably one of those guys. I think, uh, you know, Gotchow or Taylor can possibly spend some time and end and, and get a little bit of pressure. Uh, and we'll see, you know, maybe maybe Spence is the guy. I tend to doubt it. Uh, you know, that there's other guys there, you know, like uh, Kendrick Norton that we don't know a lot about. Uh, Jemius Pittman I don't know a lot about. These guys are, you know, they played one year. Uh, and there's just not a lot on them. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. I mean, as far as guys that I think might be here in, you know, 2021, my guess would be Gotchow, Taylor, and Wilkins uh, out of that group. And it's simply really for lack of knowledge, to be honest, because I don't know much about the other people. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you, Mike. I think all three of the guys you mentioned, Gotchow, Wilkins, Taylor, are all very good players. I think that it's it's a strong position for us with, of course, the addition of Wilkins. Uh, you know, you've got three solid players there, and hopefully out of the group that you mentioned, you know, we, we have one or two that, that right. develop. And, you know, can spot start and, you know, spot play, I should say, not start, but come in and, you know, fill some fill in on some plays, give, give the guys a break in there in the middle once in a while. I think this position is a real solid position for us with those three guys going forward. Uh, you don't have a lot of money invested there right now. Gotchow's is making less than a million and so is Taylor. Yep. Uh, they're making like three quarters of a million each, and Wilkins, you know, he's on that. But they'll both have contract. to be re-signed before twenty. Exactly, but if they weren't being signing, then it's something that uh, that should be done because you can't just keep you know going around in circles here and well, try no, to. Flores is a defensive coach; it's going to be done. Yes, I, I think those three guys are very solid, and again, it's it's one of. The positions now, like I said, with the addition of Wilkins, I don't want to repeat myself, but I think it's one of our stronger positions right now going forward. Yeah, when you look at our defensive linemen on the on the roster, how can you not pick Taylor, Godchow, and Wilkins? You know, if you if you look at all of our defense as a whole, uh, you've got Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick. And then you've got basically Christian Wilkins is like your third best defender really right now, and he's a and he's a, your first round draft pick. He's a new guy. He hasn't even you know played a down in the NFL yet. And then when you start looking at rating the rest of your defenders, you've got to start looking at God Chow and Taylor as as your or Baker, or Baker. yeah. But yeah. but this is what I'm saying. Those are the top players on your defense altogether. So. Sure. Realistically, I'd I'd be wanting to bring forward those Taylor Wilkins and Godchow for sure. They're solid defenders and and they do have some versatility, which is what Flores likes. So, I think those you know, like you mentioned, Lou, that's that's one of our most solid positions right now on defense. Now the only other position we have to talk about is punter, and they brought in uh, Stone Wilson to compete with uh, Matt Hawk. And uh, I don't know, you know, I mean. Uh, you could have some competition there. We'll see. Always tough, uh, you know, until you see a punter punt. So there's not much I can say about the punters. 
but uh, Hack's contract does expire in 2020, and and for that reason, you know, to me, I would say it's you know a gamble whether he's going to be here in 21 or not because that's a position you can easily save money. Yes, it always comes down to money after that initial contract, whether they re-sign him or not. It it always comes down to that when it comes to punters. I like the kid. I think he's he did a really good job last year, but it when it comes to like you said, my punters. It's, it's a financial thing more than anything. All right. I don't think we talked about long snapper either. I'm sorry. Uh, we have the uh, kid they brought in, Wesley Farnsworth. Now, most people probably don't know a whole lot about him. I posted a video on the page today, uh, a nice interview with him, and uh, he, he did mention that Minnesota and Denver were courting him and Miami was courting him, and he felt with Denny's situation this would be a good place for him. So maybe this kid sticks around. I really liked his attitude in the interview, but it's an interview. You know, you got to do it on the football field, so we'll see. Yeah, it would be nice to see Denny finish his career out here, but I'm sure that uh, he'd probably just retire if he doesn't get the gig. Yeah, I'm sure. Right, how He's old 41. is he now? He's, 41. Is he really? Right, yeah. Yes. Right, wow. yeah. Well, hopefully he sticks around as long as Brady does. So we've got somebody. To, <laughs> so we have somebody older than Brady. Yeah, we have somebody that we <laughs> on our <laughs> roster that we can pair. We can compare to Brady. <laughs> uh, let's hope we get Even a quarterback a we can compare snapper. to Brady. Uh, okay, guys. So is there anything else you guys want to add? I mean, it's it's really a fascinating thing to do. It's so tough to to go through this with with the staff change because. You don't really know the schemes, and that makes this so difficult. I don't know if you guys found it as tough as I did. I did. I did, Mike. Only, you know, if you look at it, we have a 53-man roster when the season starts. And I'll tell you what, looking two years forward, I came up with maybe 25 players that will still be here at that point. Yeah, that's about what I had. That That is an extreme turnover over a couple of years. Now, obviously, there's going to be guys that – we just don't that see that step up that we don't know, you know yet. Jim and his crystal ball may be able to see it. I don't see it. You don't see it. <laughs> but at you know, at some point, some of these guys are going to develop. So I mean, I can't honestly see you know sixty percent of the roster being some of these young guards may, some of these young cornerbacks may. I mean, there are some you know, there's receivers. a lot of youth on the roster. Yeah, absolutely right. So, so anything is possible. But those are the guys that I think we can pretty clearly see. And hope that they continue to progress and 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 become part of the 2021 Dolphins. Right. And looking at the roster, Mike, just to reiterate what we were talking about, this is the reason why the team played the way they did last year. Because you're looking at a roster that, you know, two years from now, you're not even going to have them around or you feel that they're not going to be around. Right. So what does that tell you about the players that are there right now? Right. Yeah, so. even even some of your best players that you just love to retain, uh, the market simply prices you out a lot of times. Teams are willing to overspend, and you know if you're financially sound, you can't overspend on on six players on your roster, or you're or you're bankrupt. So the nightmare is over. Uh, Rashad Jones is at minicamp. Oh man, yeah, that's a. Did you love that headline? Uh, that that just just like irritated me even more. I mean, uh, you know, you got a new coach, you got a new regime. I understand they're voluntary, but uh, you know, after the bad blood last year with quitting on the team, I would want to kind of reestablish myself. I'm with and, you. 
you know, he burned, he's burnt a bridge and you can't build that back. And, and I think Flores understands that. Uh, when I look at, at Jones in my notes here that I made here, uh, you know, between his age, his price tag, his freelancing, and his quitting on the team, and all of these little things, uh, you know, I think... I mean, he's saying the right things, and I, and I hope his mind is in the right place, and I hope he comes in and really, you know, is, is a good example to the youngsters. But this is such a young team, you want these leaders to lead. Right. Well, did and you read the article, Mike? That, I did. That you had posted, and you know, yes. he he did say the right things. He said he was rehabbing yep. from the shoulder surgery. He could have rehabbed here, right? And he said, but he said he's done that in the off season every year. You know that it, he trains with his personal trainer. I and, know what he said, and he said he's been in contact with the coaching staff all along. So you know, minimal let, contact. Listen, minimal guy, contact. Listen, guys. Here's the way I feel. Okay, when the football season starts. You've got your warriors out there, and I want to see productivity. And what they do in the damn offseason, I could care less about. But you know what, Lou? He's a guy who has more knowledge than anybody in that secondary, okay? He can be helping the youngsters. He should be there. That's the team thing to do. I understand he has the right not to be there. I understand it's voluntary. It's not mandatory. I get all that. But as a guy who wants to win... I want to impact my team in the most positive way I can, and I can't do that from my gym and wherever the hell it is he was working out. And and I understand that, Mike, but you're talking about 2019 football players. You look across the league. You got Beckham. You got all these type of guys that that went to different teams. I mean, the same thing's happening in Cleveland. The head coach was not happy about the fact that Beckham wasn't there. Of course. You know, and but th- this is the mentality. Now, Beckham's a lot younger player than Rashad Jones is. So, and I'm not sticking up for him. I mean, I am in agreement with you on this, but you know, again, it it's something that I hate getting used to because I'm old school just like you are, but I don't we think it's to- a matter of being old school. I think it's a matter of looking at what it takes to be a successful team. Mhm. You know, you bond in the offseason. You bond on the practice field. You bond giving the little young guy a couple of hints that maybe makes the difference or make things just a little bit easier for him, you know? And he looks better to the coaches, and he makes the team, and he's thankful, and he tries, you know? It just changes the mentality of the team when the veterans lead the rookies. You heard it from the receivers for years, you know, how Warfield helped Nat Moore, how Nat Moore helped Duper and Clayton. And that's not to say Jones can't do this later on, but the point is he should be there doing it. Yeah. Well, again, you know, we can go back. We can go back and forth for another hour with it. We let's, could. Let's see. You know. Let's see how everything. It just pisses. I mean, me. maybe maybe Rashad Jones foresees himself not even being part of this. Maybe team he tour. does. Hey, maybe and maybe he's like, hey, yeah. look, why the hell would I show up for for you know unvol- involuntary practices when you know they're talking about <laughs> trading me? So you know, let me just sit home and relax and uh, do what I need to do and let the chips fall where they may. So. Yeah, who knows what goes on, you know, behind everything. I got, Go ahead, Jim. I got one comment for your tirade about Jones there, Lou. Uh, you ahead. mentioned you wanted uh, productivity on the field. Well, what no, what has he done for the Dolphins in the last year or so? <laughs> He's made, like, very little impact. He's been out of position and in the wrong place, and, you know, I you got to put it out on the field. And 
All right, but his shoulders were bad. Let's get let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And there. He, he was, was he was playing with a torn labrum, and that had to impact his play. Well, there's no question. And he was still, <laughs> with all that being said, he was still one of our better players. And when he was out, we suffered very badly. Yeah, well, we probably so, did. So, all right, guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> joining me for this chaos tonight. This was a hard show to do, a real hard show to prepare for, too. Uh, there just weren't enough hours in the week for me, but we did the best we could with it. Um, thanks for doing it. And guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope maybe you learned a little something from it and, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Fins up everybody. Fins up doll fans. We'll see you next week. Fins up everybody. Have a good week.